Hi everyone, before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we recorded most of our Luke Cage rewinds before the resurgence in Black Lives Matter protests after the killings of George Floyd and countless others. As you probably know, the Luke Cage series goes deep into the kinds of racism faced by Black people every day. As hosts who are not Black, we have not covered it as well as we should have, but we are trying to get better. We stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement, so our non-discussion of the issue in these episodes comes from uh, recording before the tragedies and not ignoring the issues. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And before we get into it, we want to ask you to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. There is an underscore there. It's it's not a space. It's not a, a nothing. It's underscore Rewind. Uh, and if you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, that would be swell. Uh, you can also tell your friends to subscribe to our show. And with that, today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 9 of Luke Cage, Dwick, D-W-Y-C-K, which originally <laughs> premiered on September 30th, 2016. And as always, here's a brief rundown of the episode, in one minute or less. Inspector really takes away Missy's badge and only allows her to return to duty after a session with a psychologist. She admits that she is struggling with her lack of control. An injured Luke limps through the city and is confronted by police officers. They recognize him and he defends himself and runs, with dashcam footage of him using his abilities against one of the officers recording. Mariah organizes a meeting with the local crime bosses, hoping to, set Corn to sell Cornell's... Uh, criminal resources and legitimize the, her family name. They are interrupted by Diamondback, who kills all the bosses but Mariah and Domingo. In an attempt to save herself, she shows the dashcam footage to Stryker and convinces him to sell Judas bullets to the police as a means of defending themselves against Luke and other powered people. Claire convinces Luke to get Dr. Burstein's help, and they find the doctor living in hiding. He places Luke in acid that should soften his skin and allow him to remove the shrapnel. But the pain of the procedure causes him to go into cardiac arrest. Dun dun dun. Ah. Alright. So, you ready to uh, jump into some fast facts? Yeah, sounds good to me. On your left. Uh huh, on my left. Got it. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. You didn't see that coming? Uh, I've got one. So All right. I don't know how many you've got. I got a few, but we can start with your one. All right, sure. Uh, during her uh, non-interrogation, uh, Misty mentions uh, MNGs, uh, but says that it went out of business. Um, I looked into it, and there is a restaurant called MNG in the Bronx, which is north of Harlem, and it is still around. Hmm. Um, the other guy mentions Copeland's that went out of business. Um, and it looks like there was a restaurant called Copeland's, um, but it kind of looked like it was in Harlem. So I'm not 
100% sure based off of where things are in New York because I was just looking at a map. But hey, they chose some things that I guess were the, the names were, were kind of real in a sense. That's it. That's all I've got. Nothing yeah, nothing I, concrete. I wonder if MNGs there maybe had a location or their original location was in Harlem and they either moved or one of their locations closed down. Yeah, it could be that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're not even referring to that actual restaurant and like no one looked into it ahead of time to see if that exists. Maybe. Or it popped up after this show uh, happened. You know, it's been four years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. So um, you think maybe their whole thing is they have a Luke Cage-themed restaurant. And <laughs> Hey, that place was mentioned in one episode of Luke Cage that no one ever remembers. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are a lot of um, restaurants that are that have some theme. That uh, I'm sure there's there's a lot. There's a there's a place near me out here called uh, Supa Sayin, which is like a, a ramen <laughs> noodle place that's um, like all Dragon Ball Z themed. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, I've got a few fast facts. Uh, the names, the episode's title comes from another Gangstar song from the album Hard to Earn. And Al, what do you think DWYCK stands for? Uh, now, before I answer, I want to thank you, Tony, for giving me the heads up on that you were going <laughs> to ask me this. So I had a minute to think about it. Uh, I wasted that minute uh, because the only thing I can think of is do what you can, Killa. Very close. Oh, do what wow. you can, kid. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> you, you went a little too gangster on that, Al. <laughs> I did. All right. Fine. <laughs> And I'm, you know I'm going to take that as like a, a three quarters of a point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you got uh, four fifths of a point because it's five words and you got four of them right. Hey, hey, uh, that worked for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, you know, I can try to connect it with the episodes. All of these characters are only doing what they can, and most of them used to be kids. I'm not going to say all of them. One of them wasn't a kid once. But you don't know which one it is. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage says sweet Christmas in this, which is, of course, his comic book catchphrase. Um, speaking about Christmas, the dash cam that records Luke says it's December 1st, but not what year it is. So it doesn't help us anyway in making a timeline. Oh, all right. Well, it's probably happening roughly the same time as the end of season two of daredevil right because season two ends on christmas eve um so this is probably kind of in line with that and i think i think claire was already gone from that season right she like wait what happened with claire she left after the ninja thing right and they were trying to cover it up so Ah, she didn't she didn't make it to the end of the season so yeah she could have definitely um be although we don't know because we don't know claire showed up in like episode two or three of this season and we don't know how long this season is (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i guess it's the same complaint right from what from what we see it feels like every episode is just the next day um the same thing happened with daredevil but we found out that that was like a three-month timeline um so yeah we don't we have nothing official, um, yeah. but it's it's possible. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all possible. 
That's this could have happened in a week. This could be a yes. That's true. I mean, Luke Cage. I mean, this is let's see. If this is December first, he could have been walking around for three days. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, also talking about Daredevil, Domingo says that the Chinese have their own thing going on down, downtown, which is a reference probably to Madame Gao's stuff in Hell's Kitchen. And oh, and that's my last note for fast facts. Ooh. Hey, yeah. just taking one step back, um, the sweet Christmas quote. He said that in Jessica Jones, right? I feel yeah. like we've heard him say that. He okay, did. Cool. All right, so I it's think not the he first said one. it one time in this show, too. Oh, okay. But, you know, it it's worth mentioning because he doesn't say it. I, As someone who rarely reads Luke Cage comics, I've only seen him pop up in like New Avengers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume he says sweet Christmas like every other page. So this is like... <laughs> Gotta mention it. <laughs> well, when it's your catchphrase, I mean, you're yeah. you're always saying it, right? Like he's got "Sweet Christmas," um, you know. Uh, Spider Man has "With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility." Yeah, um, like Iron Man has "It's a Me, Iron Man." You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then he jumps into a giant tube. No, he he repairs them, like we saw him doing in uh, the Avengers. Right, he's connecting the underwater. It look, it's, he says it's electricity, but we know it's all. It's the underwater level of his Mario game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for an Iron Man, you gotta think of Iron, that part and Iron Man three, and then him getting um, uh, pushed under the water in Sokovia. He actually ends up in the water a lot for supposedly a hero that flies around. I guess that's true. I can't think of anyone else who really ends up in the water often. Um, or ever. <laughs> a Spider-Man when he fell from Vulture in his first movie. That's right. Okay. And he fought Hydra-Man in um, his second movie. Okay. But he is supposed to be the new Iron Man, so maybe he's just trying <laughs> to fulfill that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They, they got the, the water scenes in early, so that way they don't have to do it later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Too bad he's already dead, because he'd be fighting Namor eventually. <laughs> <sighs> that's that's probably for the best at that point. All right, let, let's stop talking about heroes from other shows and start about talking about heroes from this show. All right, sounds good to me. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not like a groupie stalker type. But... I'm Luke Cage. You can't burn me. You can't blast me. And you definitely can't break me. I am Harlem. And Harlem is me. Starting with Luke, because this this is his show. Uh, where do you want to start with Mr. Cage? Or Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess we'll, we'll kind of start at the beginning. Um, I mean, with, with him in this episode, it's, you know, direct... Um, d- directly after the, the last week's episode, right? Like, the, the direct continuation. Um... So he's still in pain. Um, this mm-hmm. was something I was not looking forward to watching, like remembering the season. I'm like, oh man, I, I remember him being like incapacitated by that bullet for like two or three episodes. And I guess it yeah. was less than three, but <laughs> it's still, oh man. And like, that's, that's really got to suck for him. He was just trying to survive too. Yeah. I mean, and then he doesn't see, like he's, he's definitely, you know, clutching his side. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, you look at them going through this neighborhood, there's, there's an obvious reason why these cops pulled him 
is over because he's a black man in that neighborhood. Um, I thought but the these... other people around were were also black. Were they? I you know, and now I don't remember. But yeah, well, when I was, uh, we showing behind the curtain, mm-hmm. we tried to record this like two times before, and we just had <laughs> scheduling errors and emergencies. Um, so it's been a couple weeks, but I remember looking on Wikipedia, and it says like he gets pulled over for being a white neighborhood, but also Wikipedia isn't always accurate, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. Well, either way, I mean, it it, it wasn't a really good reason for uh, for pulling him over, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they weren't offering help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, also, they're really stupid because um, uh, he not he uh, Luke knocks out one of the cops, right? And the uh-huh. other cop, he's holding the cop, and the other cop starts shooting at him with his partner, like in his arms. Luke turns around and bulletproofness saves <laughs> the guy. But how stupid is that other cop? Oh yeah, definitely pretty stupid. Like he was, he was about ready to to kill his partner just to survive. <laughs> yeah, out of, out of his own fear for his own life. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Luke uh, steals the cop car, which you'd think would have like a more advanced version of LoJack on it. <laughs> you know, some tracking system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or at least something to like disable the car too. That would probably be useful. Yeah. yeah. Guess not. How how far does he get with that car? I don't remember. Because um... I feel like. I, I... Because again, it's been a couple of weeks, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like, I, I like he had it for a little while, but I, I could have sworn he like abandons it at some point. Yeah, he he at least takes it to Claire, or does Claire find him somehow? They get together. <laughs> he he finds her at her mom's diner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they I did have that written on note for Claire is that they're slowly going through all of Claire's mom's cars. <laughs> that's true i wonder how many she has we'll find out by the end of the season i'm sure <laughs> yeah um no don't they i feel like uh, now i'm remembering they found the cop car didn't they like under an overpass or something like that yeah it sounds vaguely familiar but i didn't write it down so i'm, I'm not sure but i yeah I, I think so i think they do find it yeah he just steals the car to get away from those two particular cops which is fair yeah all right. Uh, moving on with Luke, um, we get to a little bit of his power source, which he is a he is half man, half abalone, which is a type <laughs> of oyster. Or um, yeah, I guess they're related to oysters. Um, so um, we're lucky he didn't go with abalone man. We're still anything. Are are abalone bulletproof? <laughs> uh. I mean, I get the assumption, no. Um, <laughs> Although you don't see a lot of abalone being shot, because people yeah. know it's futile. <laughs> okay, maybe it's that. Uh, I'm under the impression most things that exist in nature aren't uh, bulletproof, yeah. and it's probably easier to, ju- to just assume something isn't. You'd think that, but have you heard about the emu wars in Australia? No, I have not. Yeah, they were, um, this was like, I want to say 20s or 30s, early 20th century, um, the the emu population has exploded because of some I I 
some predator being wiped out, right? Okay. And so they were eating all the crops of the farmers in Australia. So they they brought in the Australian army to destroy to kill the emus. Like and they brought machine guns and stuff like that. And emus um feathers are so thick they are impervious to bullets. Whoa. Yeah. So they lost the humans have lost the emu war. <laughs> I'm I'm looking this. Up. Yep. Okay. Um, 1932. Uh. Yeah. Also known as the Great Emu War. Outcome: failure. Yeah. I'm going. I'm just going to send you this. Hopefully, because I use the app. Hopefully, this link will work. <laughs> All right. You said this happened in Australia, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Australia. Um. Yeah. But ooh. All right. Looking at a picture of the uh, the emu, I'm actually kind of surprised. Like, given its size, I would expect it to be not as tough as what you're saying. Like, it kind of makes sense, but uh, or it doesn't make sense is what I meant. Uh, huh? Well, oh, second attempt. All right, I'm I'm reading this. Later. <laughs> anyway, to all of our <laughs> listeners out there, you can find this online. Just just search for yeah. emu war, E M U yeah. war. Alright. Yeah, so he's half abalone, half man. <laughs> okay, okay. Possibly part emu. Um <laughs> we we don't know, but alright. Yes, sure. Um and then the only other thing I have about is the actual pr- procedure. So is there anything else about Luke before we get into the procedure that you want to talk about? No, no. Uh, I mean honestly, like he was I'd say he was probably a, a small part of the episode, right? It's just kind of the, yeah. the aftermath of, of the bullet and I mean it ends with him uh going through that procedure. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't complete in this episode though. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. Although I don't know if I want to watch the rest because they say that his skin may fall off. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing you want to see ever. Yeah. Um. Now, I I'm not a scientist, so this maybe wouldn't work. Couldn't they just put the acid on the wounds instead of dipping his whole body in the acid? Now, Tony, I regularly tell my wife that I am a scientist yeah. because I have a degree with the word science in it. Um, <laughs> so I will say for all of scientists throughout the world, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that, that's a good point. Let's see. So thinking about it, I mean, it could, but... It also might not. So you might as well just burn him alive. Why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, that one has a better chance of working. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where, like, it needs to be a lot. Because, yeah, I don't know why they had to put his face in there. That that part makes no sense. Like, I, his body, his midsection where he was shot, that definitely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing, too. Like, I don't know why he also had to go in all the way. Yeah, I, I it seems like overkill. It but does. I guess that's the name of the show, because, like, the Judas Bull is, is overkill. That's true. Uh, not enough for Luke Cage, though. Yeah. But uh, overkill for literally anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this episode ends with uh, Luke Cage dying. Um one episode before episode 10 so you were probably confused <laughs> yes very very confused yeah 
right. I, I don't have anything else with the Luke. Do you? No. Uh, no, that's it. That's all I've got. So. All right. Uh, moving on to Misty. Sounds good to me, yeah, because she had a big part of this episode, her yeah. being interrogated. Mm-hmm. So uh, she gets her badge and gun taken away and has to see a psychologist. And, um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if in real <laughs> life uh, cops were held to the standard, uh, maybe it'd be better, but I don't know. Maybe they are. And that's the problem. Maybe it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, I have no idea. Um, I feel, I mean, well, now I'm really curious about that, right? Like what happens in those situations um because it kind of like eh, i don't know anyway um yeah we don't need to go off on that um but i don't know it's probably flip of a coin if something does happen or not not sure yeah um but we do get a lot of uh backstory to misty here and i mean that's the entire point i'm sure of, of this episode for her right getting her backstory uh what motivates her why she decided to go into the uh business of being a detective mm-hmm. yeah um so question for you tony yeah um, one of the things she you know she talks about or her history uh do you think that she blames herself for her mom's death i think she does but that's just because like missy's the type of person who takes responsibility for everything like she puts everything on herself yeah that makes sense okay I actually couldn't tell, like based off of how she was kind of describing it. I mm-hmm. wasn't sure if this was one of those, like as a person give no emotion. So you don't tell someone else how you actually feel about this. Um, so I, I had a tough, you know, I had a, a tough time trying to uh, figure that out, but yeah, I, I assume that she, at a minimum, she like still has some resentment toward herself for that. But like, I mean, you know, it's been a few decades. She's she's kind of, you know, moved on to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, she has. Um, yeah, but she also, she likes control. And she thinks maybe she was too young, but she's doing this so she can control that from ever happening again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, that's one of the main points from this, too, is, like, she's lost, or she feels like she's lost control when Stryker uh, pulled the gun on her, her own gun on her. So she was trying to take that control back, and she's just being resentful of everyone who's not letting her do her job the way she deems it to be done. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Because she but. wants to get back out there and find him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you. Okay. She says, uh, she's, or yeah, she sees everything and she forgets nothing. Does she have an, I, I never pronounced it right, an eidetic memory? Eidetic memory? Uh, <laughs> I had the same question. Uh, I guess so, right? I mean, if, if that's it, if she remembers everything, then I guess, yeah. Yeah, I looked I looked in the, uh, like, Marvel wiki, and that's not one of her powers. Not saying they can't <laughs> give her more powers, but you'd think it would be on there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you would assume that that's, like, part of the character that they took it from. Uh, but no, okay. Cool. I mean, it's it's rare that we see that right a new power something added in in one of the the shows or the movies. But uh, yeah. yeah, um, let me pull it up because she did have a lot more powers 
than I thought she did. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's highly skilled martial artist, proficient in hand-to-hand combat, near-perfect aim, uh, superhuman strength, technopathy, control over magnetism, and she can emit strong concussive blasts. Wow, that is a lot more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's he got to the, uh, what was it, technopathy? Technopathy, yeah. She can so, control machines with her mind. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she lead with that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, God, that would have been in season three, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that came from something that we can't talk about because of spoilers. So if you read the comics, you'll know exactly what it is. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. She was a partner of Black Panther? Huh. huh. It says uh, partnerships. Iron Fist, Colleen Wing, Luke Cage, Raphael Scarf, and Black Panther. But I'm not going to read her whole Wikipedia page today. <laughs> Tomorrow, maybe. But not today. Oh, yeah. I mean, you never know. Yeah, exactly. All right. I mean, you're on summer break now, right? So you've got the time. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Or I could actually, you know, read some Luke Cage comics. <laughs> yeah, or that. That's probably the, the better route. Yeah. Or Daughters of the Dragon. I like those two characters more than even Luke or um, Iron Fist. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, she ends this smartly. She convinces the, um, what is it, Lieutenant Ridley, Inspector Ridley, um, to give her her gun and badge back because no one's going to be able to just bring Luke in. She's going to have to convince him to turn himself in. Yeah, which, I mean, is true, right? Like, they they know at this point, right? Because that's... Did everyone know that he's bulletproof and can throw people? I, I don't remember if she knew that at that moment in time. I think this is after the dash cam footage came out. Okay, I just wasn't sure if she knew about it. Yeah, if, I, th- I assume she was in the room the entire time. I think the the area knows about Luke being bulletproof. Enough rumors and stuff have gone around. And then seeing him be throwing the two cops like they were nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So, she is doing the smart thing and saying, hey, let me talk to my sort of kind of friend. Or at least a little chummy. Because, you know, Yeah, I mean, they, they have a good relationship and uh, they worked together. So, mm-hmm. It's the best they got on the force. That's true, yeah. I mean, apparently they're not going to call the Avengers. No one ever does, so... No. <laughs> not even Hawkeye. <laughs> <sighs> not even him. <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm good with Misty, unless there's anything else. Yeah, no, I mean, we went through all my points, too, so I'm good to move on. Alright, to our villains. I ask you, to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. What about turning the other cheek? Jesus saves. I don't. Diamondback. I have Diamondback and Mariah. But we'll start with Diamondback because he's the big or bad. Sounds good to me, yeah. Um, didn't realize it hit me actually looking at these notes right now that his last name is Stryker. Is he related in any way to the guy who gave Wolverine his powers? Because wasn't that his <laughs> name Stryker also? Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I doubt it, but uh, I mean, comic hmm. books are so convoluted, they might be. 
That's that's true. Yeah, I mean, what what is it? Uh, Scott Summers of the X Men is just related to so many other people, also. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it might be. There's an excellent podcast I listen to. Let me see if I can get the hosts right real quick. <laughs> um, uh, Jay Jay and Miles explain the X Men, and they just go through different arcs, and, and the X Men are so convoluted. That is ridiculous. Okay, I'm, and I'm assuming a lot of that is because of time travel. Time travel, yeah, intermarriage. Um, it's very, it's more soap opera y than a lot of comic books I've read. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've never actually got into the X Men. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read an X Men comic. Um, I don't think I've read a mainline X Men comic. Um, I've read. Old Man Logan when it came out, and um, my friend's my friend's wife has a friend who actually was the artist on uh, the most recent run of the Iceman comics, so they gave me some of those comics, which are good, but I'm not super into X Men. Okay, yeah, hmm. yeah, but but everyone has. Who's your favorite X Men though? Uh. Um, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. But since I don't really, like, I never really got into them, I guess I would say Professor X. <laughs> Just because, oh. like, like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, all right. Uh, I, like, I, I've, I'm a really big fan of Nightcrawler, even though I've never read one of his comics. But he was cool in the movie and X-Men Evolution, if you remember that cartoon. That was a good cartoon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Um, continue not reading them. Maybe, maybe it's one of those like "don't meet your hero" situations. Don't read yeah. comics that he's in. It'll just be disappointing. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine with him when he shows back up in uh, in the MCU eventually. There we go. Phase five. Yep. All right, but striker. <laughs> this striker, Diamondback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. He makes you think he has superpowers for a second because he does that finger guns thing and just shoots a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great magic trick. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Captain America did it before him. So, what did if he you do ever that? saw? Uh, he didn't do it. Chris Evans did it in the movie called The Losers. You ever uh-huh. see that movie? Where um, it's been so long since I watched it, but I remember this scene. He's like holding two guys, bad guys, at like gunpoint, but with his finger guns. But his friend's a sniper at a building across the way, so he pretends to shoot them, and it shoots. The guy with uh, the sniper bullets. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Stryker lives by uh, comic book rules. He says, quote, Luke Cage ain't dead until you find his goddamn body. Which is true. <laughs> until you find the body, he's not dead. <laughs> I had the exact same note. Yep. <laughs> yep. <sighs> it's, yeah. I mean, when you live in a comic book world, eventually you you realize that's just how things work. Because I'm sure this isn't the first time that this has happened to him. And he needs to make sure he knows where that body is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the other things about Diamondback, um, at one point he was talking about like Cottonmouth and saying that Cottonmouth was his number one seller. Mm-hmm. So taking a step back, 
a couple episodes back, um, Cottonmouth and I forgot the guy's name, the the Hispanic guy, um, Domingo. Domingo. Yeah, there we go. Um, so him and Domingo were like kind of talking about things, and Domingo was saying that he was you know bigger guy in terms of like stuff that he does. Like mm-hmm. he's he's bigger gang type of person. Um, so I, I guess I'm a little confused. So so I guess. Domingo is probably just running his own operation, but Diamondback has multiple other people, and Cottonmouth was his number one. Is that? I guess that's how that works. So overall, Diamondback is still bigger than Domingo, but yeah, I mean, um, did when did Diamondback say this? Did he say this after he like in the meeting after he killed all the other guys, all the other bosses? Uh, I don't. No, I, I don't remember. I yeah. want to say it was earlier in the episode, okay. though. Okay. I'm thinking... Well, I have a note that when he was in, in the bosses, that he killed everyone except for Domingo and Mariah. I think that um, he might be playing them against each other. Domingo thinks he's the biggest. Uh, Cornell thought he was the biggest. And just took... Or, he thought Cornell was weak. He made Cornell think he was weaker, even though he was like big enough to threaten uh, Diamondback, just to keep them off their game and not turn around and stab him in the back. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. okay. So whoever, like, if he, so if he's having them fight each other, whoever at least wins is still going to be weaker, too. So yeah. Okay, that's true. Also, uh, after he kills everyone except for Mariah and Domingo, he says Domingo he doesn't want to deal with his uh, family, quote unquote, family south of the border. But Domingo's Puerto Rican; he doesn't have any family <laughs> south of the border. <laughs> he has family like across a little bit of ocean, <laughs> which I think Stryker is smart enough to know that. So maybe he's just saving face in front of Mariah saying that's why I didn't kill him, but he has some other ulterior motive. Yeah, maybe. Or he was just being an ass. Well, yeah, but he has a reason he didn't kill Domingo. I guess that's true. Maybe we'll find out um, in later episodes. I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah. Do you? I don't. All right. Well, other than what we've already said, speaking of Diamondback, I've got nothing else. Tony. Oh, Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, uh, just like kind of meta, not even in the episode, but he said he has this quote that you can't bargain, you either buy or you die. And I think that kind of makes him a weaker character because it's like you can't you can't deal with this guy. There's no creative way to deal with uh, Diamondback like there would be with Cornell. He just he just he just wants revenge. He's not that complicated, which makes him a much weaker character than Cornell. Yeah, that's true. Uh, especially because just wanting revenge is kind of what led to Cornell's death. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know one of the things, and I don't know if he's one of these types of characters. Um, I haven't been able to tell yet so far, but you know uh, one of the the super villain tropes, or, or at least you know big bad guy tropes, is. Um, you know, where they have their underlings go do a mission, and if they fail the mission, then they're killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, kind of on, uh, along the same vein, like that also makes them a worse um, 
person to work for, right? Or, mm-hmm. hard, or harder to work for because, you know, one mistake and you're never working for them again. So who's going to, who's going to go work for them? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, also, someone just learned a thing not to do again. And well, there goes that experience. I know, right? Oh. I get, I get it with villains like Darth Vader. He is a high-ranking member of the ruling military. So it's like it's not like you can just abandon your job. But I don't get why people voluntarily work for guys like Stryker or uh like I, I would guess Lex Luthor would do something like this. You could just quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean I don't think it's that easy to get out of the gang. So maybe that's not completely fair. And they didn't choose to work for him. They worked for Cornell. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, why would you join a gang if that's what happened? Like, I, I, I understand that there are some gangs in the world. Like, I think it's the Yakuza. If you fail, you cut off a finger or something. I don't know if I'm making that up. Uh, but something like that, right? But it's yeah. not if you fail, you die. Yeah. I mean, it depends how true portrayals of the Japanese people are on TV. But, like, there are that belief that you fall on your sword. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. Well, we don't know, because we only know TV, I guess. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if any real members of the Yakuza listen to this, um, don't contact us, we're scared. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mariah. Yes, Mariah. Um, I don't have a lot about her. I do find it interesting that she thought of Cornell as her son, even though she was only a couple years older than him. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, I mean, I, I guess in her mind, she was always like, because she was the older one taking care of him. So, like, son was a bit weird. Little brother? Uh, that yeah. would make more sense. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's all I have. Shades puts her in charge, but we kind of covered that. (laughs) So I I had mentioned this, I don't remember when, a week, two, five weeks ago, some number of weeks ago, um, Mm -hmm. that from what I vaguely remember about how Mariah is throughout this season, and honestly, a a good portion of season two, um, I, I don't think that she really, like, plans a lot of the you know, evil bad guy stuff she does. Like, I feel like she just kind of keeps falling into it. And, yeah. you know, she comes out of it fine. Like, you know, she's making her way through, like, like successfully. Um, but she, like, she, even in this episode, she did not want to be in this business. She didn't want to take over for Cornell. But now she has to. Mm-hmm. So she's going. Um, so, yeah, definitely something to, to keep in mind with her character and, kind of curious to see what happens in season two now because now that i remember what happens with her character yeah i mean she did she just wanted to just sell everything and then she should just given it like let chico take a um or domingo not chico she should let domingo um just make her an offer <laughs> instead of calling in all the guys yeah, I mean, my fear there is because Cornell sold four Diamondback, and so I'm wondering if she was, like, if if all of a sudden, like, Diamondback was like, hey, no, that was, like, the, the last one? No, because then he has to do all this work to, you know, build up his whatever sales pipeline that he has out there. 
Um, and so I, I, I kind of think that in her mind, she was thinking, okay, well, if we get everyone together and we split things up in some way, then Diamondback will be happy because he'll still be making money off of this stuff and she can walk away clean. I kind of mm-hmm. think that was her plan. Um, yeah. Because just selling it all in one go or getting, giving it away, that like Diamondback like loses overall from that perspective. That's true. I mean, I don't think before Diamondback comes and kills all the other bosses, I don't think she's scared enough of Diamondback that she wouldn't even think about that yet. Okay. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, she hasn't really had a lot of interactions with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't understand like Cornell seemed to have understood. Even, and even Cornell was kind of like, he's not that that big and bad. When he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Very wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm good with uh, Mariah. Unless yeah. you have anything else. No, same here. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So uh, let's take a quick break um, and uh, read a message from our sponsor. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the Jerry. Uh, Tony, when you were a kid, did you ever want to be a magician? No, never. Oh, well, that seems a little harsh. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think you'd go off on the whole magic community like that. But uh, I'll move on while you sit this one out. and Just just don't take a breather. Anyway, uh, today we are magicians. proud to team up with our friends at Magic Houdini something or other. Do you want to show off cool tricks like a rubber pencil? How about bending spoons with your mind? Or the latest fad, shooting people with finger guns? If you want to do any of these things, Tony would call you a grade A psychopath. But our friends at Magic Houdini something or other would call you an everyday customer. Use promo code MCU Rewind and tell them that Al sent you to get a free top hat with your purchase of the starter kit. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know there was a top hat involved. I want that. Use promo code MCU Rewind <laughs> and tell them Tony sent you to get nothing since now they know Tony doesn't like magicians. God damn it. <laughs> So, Tony, when you buy your starter kit, tell them MCU Rewind and Al sent you. Oh, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, really quickly, um, the other day I was watching Don't. It's this new uh, game show um, that uh, Ryan Reynolds created, or at least that's what oh. they keep saying in the commercials. <laughs> and uh, so he's not in it, but he's like, he's, every so often they'll like make a joke or something, and he, he does the voice for the joke. Um but uh, I, I noticed that they were advertising uh, fake products uh, similar to what we do. And I'm pretty sure that they stole that idea from us. So I'm, I'm 100% sure. Yeah. Deadpool listens to our podcast. All right. Yeah. I mean, they just have to, you know, sponsor this show and we might forgive them. Yeah. Yeah. Just one, one episode of sponsor, yeah. at least. I mean, we'll see where that goes, obviously. But yeah. All right, now moving on to the guy in the chair. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people. With abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. Uh, I got Claire and Dr. Burstein. Burstein? Burstein. Burstein. I don't know his name. 
I didn't know either. Uh, I just looked it up on IMDb and copy pasted. I have no idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, let's start with Claire, since we know how to pronounce All her right. name. All right. Um, so let's go back to a question we were talking about earlier. Uh, how many of her mom's cars how do you think she's destroyed in her life? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, we've only seen the one van blown up. Yeah. And then she borrowed this car for some amount mm-hmm. of time. Um, I mean, at least two. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a conservative number. Mm-hmm. I, I Well, we've seen her borrow two cars. One yeah. car has been destroyed. That's 50% of the cars. <laughs> think about since she's sixteen, since she was 16 years old, how many cars did she borrow? And half of those were destroyed. <laughs> I think that's how it works. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, I'm gonna move the number up to oh, well, well that's where things get hard because as a car gets destroyed, you know it gets replaced because I assume she had insurance, yeah. um, and so so then that just keeps adding to the pool. Uh, oh God! All right, you know what? I'm gonna move my number up to four, maybe five. You know I'll say five. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Okay, I think that's more reasonable. Okay, we'll never know, but for no. now the official answer is five, maybe more. Five plus cars destroyed by Claire. Exactly. All right. That's all I had for Claire. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, she, uh, yeah, she didn't. She didn't have much. I mean, right? Because we already talked about her and Luke meeting up at the diner, and then they drove to what was it, Georgia? Yeah. All right. I did not look that up. Uh, how long of a drive that is? But it's, that's a pretty uh, far drive. It's a well from uh, New York City. To Atlanta is 13 hours. I had that in my 12% section. Oh, okay. Got it. So, so it might be less than that, but I think 10 hours at the least. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I mean, Atlanta... I don't actually know how close Atlanta is to the coast, but... The I mean, Seagate's Se- not a real place, so I just chose, like, the first city I knew was in Georgia. So it's oh, like... Okay. Yeah, even if it's like at the very north, it's probably just shaves a couple of hours off of that. Okay, I I assume Seagate was in the ocean because it was like off the coast. I guess there are lakes. I don't I don't know how many lakes Georgia has, but probably a good number of them. Yeah, like most states. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, they're not as great as some states' lakes. That's so true. Looking at you, Michigan. <laughs> and like Illinois, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay <laughs> all right um all right so dr burn bernstein 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 b or burn oh i typed him differently two times <laughs> uh, the doc <laughs> yeah sounds good to me one of the berenstein bears mm-hmm. but now you gotta think how do you spell berenstein what dimension are you in <laughs> just open a whole different can of worms uh yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. So, what have you got? Um, the thumb drive has all his research into. I'm assuming like a bunch of powers. And, like we talked about this before. He has a lot of files on there, and he's probably been trying to replicate these power people's powers for a long time. That's a good point. So he he has notes of probably a bunch of different animals that he's been messing with. Mm-hmm. And are you thinking that? It's possible that a lot of these other ones that he's been working with could be possible, but he just needs someone who can, you know, survive long enough, like how Luke did. 
Yeah, and then also he looked into other people getting powers because he this thumb drive had uh, Kilgrave's backstory on it. Yeah, do we know why that is? I I, I was wondering if I well, missed something. No, they don't say explicitly, but my okay. theory is in his research of giving someone powers, he looked into other people's powers. So he probably has research on the Super Soldier Serum and maybe Bruce Banner's research in other powered people in the MCU. Okay, that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And given who was essentially funding his research and all that, they probably have the connections to get those those things, to get that information for him. Mm-hmm. Um, do, is, do we ever get a connection, and this might be a spoiler, or we might not even remember, between <laughs> this guy and how Jessica got her powers? Which is revealed in season two. I don't think so. Okay. I I vaguely remember something, um, but I don't, of what I remember, I don't remember a way for him to be linked to that. All right. That's fair. I I would be like, that's too clean if it was the same thing, but I wouldn't put it past the MCU or at least the Defenders universe. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there was a skit that came out probably around the time the first season of Jesse Jones came out on YouTube, where it's the four defenders because they announced who the defenders were all together, and uh, it was like so they're hanging out. How'd you get your powers? Well, I was in I was experimented with radioactive materials. How'd you get your powers? I was in a car accident where we hit radioactive materials. How'd you get your powers? My eyes got hit by radioactive materials. How'd you get your powers? I hugged a dragon. <laughs> and they just stop and look at Iron Fist. <laughs> I mean, Which... it's the coolest way, right? <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why that is the best of the Netflix series. I can't even get through that sentence. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It is... A Netflix series. That's the best I can do. Mm-hmm. Better than Altered Carbon. I don't know. I've never actually watched that. Yeah, before. I've never seen Altered Carbon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's realistic about how much equipment Dr. Burstein stole during the shutdown and cover-up? Because he has some like big pieces of equipment in his lab. I think... It's realistic that he could have gotten it. My bigger question is how did he get it? Like, how did he transport so much? Like, my assumption is, you know, he just kind of goes and like he, you know, he picks it up or maybe it's like shut down. He's like, hey, grab some research, blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, I've got this form to, uh, you know, take this machine. And no one like looks into it. They're like, they'll just look at the form like, yeah, okay, I guess that's real. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, he has to have taken like 10, 15 trips just to get all of that stuff into a truck. Like he, I'm sure he yeah. didn't just show up one day with the U-Haul. Maybe he I mean, did, but yeah, he might have, <laughs> but I, I kind of assumed he showed up with like a pickup truck and then did it. So that way, you know, less people saw and it was maybe a little bit more uh, sneaky. Yeah. I mean, I think of how. We we kind of got a shot of the lab when we have that flashback episode of Luke getting his powers. And then when we look at what's in his barn, it's like three quarters of the lab that he stole. 
That's a good point. Someone would notice that. That, that yeah. stuff gets expensive. Yeah. That's like tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> I know. Um, the last thing I have for him is the needle that he shoves down Luke's throat. Ah. Uh, my wife, who's a medical assistant, just like she's like, "There's no gloves, no sanitation. That is not okay." <laughs> uh, I mean, he is about to go into a boiling vat of acid. <laughs> I think he'll be quite sanitized. But you think he goes through that to get the shrapnel out, and then he's got a sore throat. And it's just like it ruins everything. Yeah, it does. Uh, and that lasts a week. Um, maybe it gets infected or something. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't know what happens to you if, if that happens. And you know what? By that time, um, uh, Diamondback has. I don't know what Diamondback's plan is other than killing Blue Cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it's it's kill Luke Cage and rebuild his sales pipeline of the drugs and weapons too. I think. Yeah, but he kills like three or four bosses who he could sell to instead. Oh yeah, that's true. So I don't know what his plan is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess it's ex- expanded. Too, if he's there, if he had to make the trip, he's gonna try to double his money. And yeah. all right, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know either. <laughs> all right, I'm just realizing that. Um, but anything about Doctor Berenstein Bear? <laughs> no, I've got nothing else. All right, moving on to twelve percent of a plan. Woohoo! Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself twelve percent credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, oh. I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Uh, I've got nothing, Tony, so... Whatever you got, let's go with that. Um, mine's just a thought that uh, who leaked the footage of uh, Luke and the cops? Was it the cops themselves, or was it like the Rising Tide or Micro from elsewhere in the MCU? Oh, I doubt it was either of them, Rising Tide or Micro. Like honestly, it was. I, I mean, looking at it, you you've got a couple of options, right? You've got mm-hmm. um, it could be the police who. Yeah. Um, want retaliation against him, so they leak the video so that more people are looking for him and and also scared of him too, right? In, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, I think Mariah. Uh, this might have been next week. I don't remember, but I, I think someone says maybe it was someone at her um, office that leaked it. Like maybe they got the video and then they they leaked it out, uh, or maybe that didn't happen. And I'm not remembering, but that's possible, right? You know, if, if you're, uh, I mean, she's Congresswoman, so she seems to work with the police in some fashion, or at least like she knows people on a. Well, yeah, she basis. definitely knows Ridley. Yeah, exactly. So maybe there's something like she has access to, to more files or something. So maybe she did, or her and her, um, someone who works for her, her and her um, office, um, which would actually kind of fit considering where things lead into next week um, yeah so I, I just yeah i just think there's too many people involved that it, it was probably someone that in you know 
who would be within this show, not someone else. I mean, it'd be cool if it was someone else, another yeah. link, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, since we're probably never going to talk about the rising tide again, since they've never <laughs> been mentioned again. <laughs> um, so was the rising tide just sky, her boyfriend we see in that one episode and micro who gets mentioned a little bit and they just disappeared because <laughs> there's, they've all got the better stuff to do. <laughs> uh, that is a good question. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe they were some weird offshoot of shield and that like no one else knew about no one else within shield knew and then once shield went down uh with the events of captain america winter soldier um the rising tide also left yeah i don't think they'd be part of shield especially since shield took down sky yeah i guess that's fair um i think more likely when shield fell they were like well our job is done just wipe their hands you know like most of the activists do yeah, that's true. It's been a long time since I've heard from Anonymous. <laughs> I think, I think they resurged recently. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not... familiar. Yeah, yeah. Things change quickly nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all I've got. Same here. Uh, then I guess we'll just go ahead and close it out. All right, everyone. Uh, or uh, or uh, we could rate the episode. I guess. All right. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost your best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, uh, what? How many abalone shells would you give this episode, Al? <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm... Uh, I forget. God, it's been too long, Tony. Um, do we do this out of five or ten? Yes, yes we do. Okay. It's been it's been like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so I let's see. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a three and a half. Um, honestly, like the, it, you know, the the stuff with Luke. I mean, Luke was just incapacitated the entire episode. Like I mm-hmm. said at the beginning. This is part of the se- the season that I was just not looking forward to because, you know, with the main character, it was kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, the other characters, we're actually getting some stuff. Uh, we're getting bad guy positioning type of things going on, right? So Diamondback is getting ready for stuff. Uh, Mariah's kind of falling into these situations. So we'll see. It's, it's, it's building up to something. Um, so, yeah, three and a half. Yeah, I'll give it actually less than you. I'm going to give this two and a half. Um... They're they're interesting character moments, but th- this is the part in the Netflix shows where they're spinning their wheels for a while, and I just it's not that exciting. I mean, if they finished up Luke's procedure, maybe I'd give it a higher star, or if Misty's section was while well, her backstory is important if we got more of the action or they resolved it differently than her just getting her badge back, which is where she was at the beginning of the episode, I'd feel differently, but it's just like everything's at the same spot. It was at the beginning of the episode. So I'm not, I, yeah, they're just spinning their wheels. I'm not feeling the importance of this episode as much. Yeah. Which is not what you normally expect from something like a Netflix show, right? Because, like they're able to make as many episodes as they want to to a degree to like 
fit the storyline right? Actually, no. Oh. Their deal with Marvel was they're having, it started off being like, what, five or six seasons was your initial deal. Six seasons and a miniseries, which was Defenders. And each season has to be 13 episodes or longer. Huh. Okay. And then they renegotiated after that to make it longer. And um, Iron Fist ended up, season two ended up being 10 episodes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, damn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of one of those reasons why, like, I, I think it'd be cool to get, like, more regular, smaller seasons. Like, it'd be cool to get, like, four episode season of something. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, a, six months later, you get another four episodes. Like, I, I don't know if that would, how well that would actually work out. But, you know, something to that effect. I think that'd be kind of cool. I um, mean, like, think about how they did Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was um, eight episodes, but some of them were 25 minutes long. Some of them were 45 minutes long. They just took as much time as they needed to tell the story. Yeah, that's true. That was a, a, and it's a really good show, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just disappointed that some of the episodes were so short, but I got over that. Yeah, that's true. It was still really good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, I... I, I, I yeah. Am I forgetting? Now, now we can now close it out. Okay. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, everyone. Join us next time for uh, episode 10, Take It Personal. Um, and in the meantime, if you could uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at MCU underscore Rewind. And uh, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Uh, this has been a Marvel Cinematic Rewind for season one, episode nine of uh, Luke Cage, DWYCK. This is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. The sure shot, nice as move has got to be the sure shot. A gang star has got to be the sure shot. Nice as move has got to be the sure shot. A Greg Nice, a Greg Dinner CE. Dominum Baso, are we we? Rock for a fee, not for free. Maybe I'll do it for charity. Now my employer or my employee is making Greg and RCE very MAD. Don't ever ever think of jerking me. I work too hard for my royalty.